As we think about what makes a church healthy, can we think from God's perspective as we've heard the scriptures and as we think about them this morning? You may be seated as we do. Eyes. Eyes are important. We may not think of it just that way every day, but hey, eyes. The, the gift of sight, whether we have two or even just one, even if they are of uncertain health, it's still great to be able to see, to be able to see the, the greatness of nature, perhaps the coloring of the leaves as we saw a picture, but, but in real life, in the mountains and the lakes and, well, in people too, especially those who are near and dear to us. It's great to be able to see. When our eyes go bad, well, it's a problem. It's a problem that needs to be fixed as best we can. I still remember, and maybe even have told you, that when I grew up in church, there was a hymn board on either side of the sanctuary. And there, the hymns and maybe some other information was printed. And as I sat in the pew, sometimes not paying attention, I looked at those numbers and I added them up, or I tried to in my head. But all of a sudden, about fourth grade, I couldn't see them. They were fuzzy, and I knew something had to be done. It's kind of like what happened in old age for me. Well, younger, but still old. And that is cataracts. And they had to be removed. And when they were, I could see a whole lot better. It's true for groups. It's true for organizations that we need to be able to see. Vision. You know, somebody once said, and you know, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably get there. But a, a clear vision of where, where we are headed is very, very important. Whether we recognize that we've got a vision or not, there is one tucked away somewhere in our consciousness. And it's like the holy writer wrote in King James Version, without vision, the people perish. Now we have trouble, but even perish, especially when it comes to Christ. Because you see, churches have vision as well, or they need to. And we're not talking about supernatural visions here, like Joel was read and recited by Peter on Pentecost Day that you heard a few moments ago. But congregations need good vision. And this is a good time for us as St. Michael to think about and, and to focus on good vision because of what's happening, but also because a lot of churches do, just don't have that good eyesight, that good vision. In fact, too often God's people are short-sighted. They see only what's real close to them. You know, things like church attendance looking at the budget, looking at the building and what needs to be done, what needs to be kept up, officers for the organization or fine-tuning that organization, or even the short-sightedness of only or primarily focus on, focusing on the pastor. Many congregations are comfortable with their short-sightedness and don't even sometimes realize that that's the way they operate. 
because focusing just there, well, it won't have a good end. We won't be the people of God that he designed us to be. When God's people look too much or too long at any or all such things, the inward focus takes us not very far. In fact, even in the wrong direction. What we need is to be far-sighted as, as well, but far-sightedness is the key. It's knowing that both are important, short and far-sighted, but the far-sightedness really is without rival. It is needed. Do you remember, maybe some of you, long time ago, the book Future Shock by Alvin Toffler was written, and he looked ahead. He had a vision as to what was going to happen or thought what was going to happen in future days in America and around the world. And today we're living with some of his vision being fulfilled and some not. But a far-sighted, big vision is what we as the people of God need. And it needs to be God's big vision. It needs to be connected to him. When we have that, the nearsighted stuff can be there and recognized for what it is. But God's vision, well, it's important. You know how important it is? It is foundational. It is the very bottom, the key to what he is all about and therefore what we are all about. God's vision is quite simply but profoundly this. He wants to be together with all that he created. He wants to be together with all the world, with all people through history, with you, with me, with everybody, and to live harmoniously, to live wonderfully connected to him and connected to each other. That's the big vision of God. And in order to accomplish that, well, God's been working all through history. And we read the Holy Record, and we see how he operated in Old Testament times. But where it really came together, God's vision was seen in Jesus Christ. His Son sharing our humanity. His purpose was to reconnect us to God. Because you see, sin separated us from God. And God's vision was still to bring us together with him and with each other. And that's precisely what Jesus came to accomplish. And that is what he accomplished. And that vision of God can stick. It is something that God is working. He did and he continues to work. You see, God took the initiative. And that's what his vision is all about. It culminated and still does in Jesus. Do you know what vision is for us as Christians? You want a, a good definition within our context, it's this. Vision is a statement of the preferable future. It is a picture of what the church will look like when the organization has achieved its mission. That, that, that's really key. Listen again. Vision is a statement of the preferable future, God and people together. It's a picture of what the church will look like as we work when, in fact, we have achieved our God-given mission. 
Our vision is individual. We've got to have one. And it, we have to have one as a congregation. And it needs to be tied together. It needs to be a part. That's why, as you heard, St. Paul prayed what I'm going to repeat. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, opened to see the light in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's what Paul prayed for. That's what we would pray for. That is God's purpose and goal. It's a faith thing. It is a God thing. Just as we can't see clearly sometimes and need the help of glasses, we need and we are given by God faith to see him and his purpose. It's a vision that is defined, shared, and enacted. And it dovetails with a strategy we so often speak of here, connecting people to Jesus, the key in God's big vision. Our vision needs to be that. And it needs to be a big thing. There's a verse that still amazes me. And I don't know if it's caught your attention or not, but it's something Jesus told his disciples recorded in John 14. He said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Even greater things is what Jesus said we are about, that we can do by the power of the Spirit he gave us as he left this earth. We have his assurance. If our vision is anything less than a big vision, it's not a sufficient vision. It just simply isn't. If our vision is anything less than God's big vision, and as ambitious as it is, well, our vision needs to be. If our vision is doable, if we can accomplish it all by ourselves, it's not the vision God would have us have. And it would say, we don't need God if our vision is something we can manage and accomplish. While this starts with God, where do we play in to this? Where is our part? Many people they point to the pastor. He seems to be the key guy. He seems to be, to many, the one who's got to have the vision. And we rely upon that. And in one sense, it's logical. And in one sense, in a minor way, it can be true. And maybe, if need be, you need to recognize that right now as we look for our next pastor. But putting it all together on his shoulders is not a healthy thing. Why? Because then the focus shifts from God to him and from him to the exclusion of us to whom God wants all of us to be a part of the vision. To lay it all on his shoulders is short-sighted and begins to reform everything in the church because it can be connected and sometimes only to him. I know a pastor who came to a big church, a couple thousand members or more, and the way he operated, well, he knew God's big vision, 
But in practice, what he did was have all the lines point back to himself, organizationally, spiritually, otherwise. If you wanted to do something, you needed the okay of the pastor. He taught the big vision, but operated probably even unknowingly. I don't want to diss him, but maybe even unknowingly as a bit of one who had and had alone the vision and the focus became on him. When the, the next guy came, he recognized that to be a big but a small church. Lots of people, but a small dynamic. And he put that to work by speaking of the vision of God, but then letting it take hold in the people, having them own it, having them connect what God moved them with their talents and abilities to plug into God's big vision. The secondary things became secondary, and the primary thing became primary. I know a church here in town where often it's said, everybody gets to play. I love it because the vision, it's owned. It's owned by us all. This is what a healthy church and a vision looks like among the church people. Remember last week we talked about better together, and this certainly links in. Together discovering, together shaping, together working the vision among us. The message is not the place today. This message is not the place to spell out all the nuts and bolts of how that happens. But it's to refocus us on the big vision of God and our part in it, our connecting to it. What's needed for that vision, which I guess we can call a 2020 spiritual vision is prayer. Do we pray that that may be sharpened, that image, that vision in our minds individually and collectively, and that then we work at it with persistence? Because that's what it's going to take, persistence to be a part of God's great vision. And then patience. Patience as it works out, sometimes little by little, Sometimes that way, but nonetheless. Do you remember Jesus' sermon? The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Do you remember the Beatitudes, the blesseds that Jesus spoke about? Do you remember the one where he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Vision of God. And guess what? That's a 2020 vision for the pure in heart. And that's you. And that's me. That's us together. Why can we say that we are pure in heart? Because that's how God sees us through Jesus Christ. God can only see us in faith as he looks at the link, Jesus, through him and his righteousness, his purity upon us. That's the promise of God that Peter spoke about breaking into the world as Joel prophesied it from the Old Testament. It came real beginning with Pentecost. Old men dream dreams. Young men see visions. And we can add the church sees the big vision of God. This is what we are all about. And how to get there? How to get there? To keep that vision in, in focus but not always knowing just how we're going to get there. 
except by prayer and persistence and patience. That's why we have prayed. And that's why we continue in a pray again today. Lord God, you've called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.